team in this week's Digital Quarterback Series. This is actually a podcast where I was a guest on Give Innovation Podcast, hosted by Zach Oates, the CEO of Ovation. Ovation is a leading-edge guest feedback platform helping brands get the feedback loop to strengthen operations and satisfy guests to drive more revenue. We chat about how restaurants can stay strong post-COVID. You can actually watch the entire podcast on OvationUp.com, OvationUP.com, or on my website at TenderBangu.com. Welcome back, folks, to the Digital Quarterback Audio Series. This is your host, Tanvir, head of technology and a former college football champion. With each episode, my mission is to help businesses and young leaders win in the tech world by going deep on leadership, culture, execution, and grit. Thank you for listening, and let's get started. Some of the things that we discuss include how do you become a digital-first brand? Some of the topics we chat about are why brands need to become digital-first, how to start with the end in mind, how to get scrappy in tough times, why you should have a weekly self-review, and how to block out all the noise. Welcome to another edition of Give Innovation. I am joined by Tanvir Bangu, and I'm really excited to have him on. Kelly McPherson uh, actually introduced us, who is also someone that everybody should know. Check out her podcast. Um, really excited to have you on, Tanvir. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely. My pleasure, Zach. Uh, great to be here. Yeah. So there may be some people out there who don't know you. So let me, uh, let me give a brief intro. Tenvir is a digital transformation thought leader. He's a podcast host. He's on the Forbes Tech Council. He's the VP of technology for Freshy, which is a 450 location brand that's in 16 countries. Um, former director of RBI, which is Popeye's, Tim Hortons, Burger King. And, uh, and yeah, so tell us right now, like, what are, you, what are you doing? I mean, things are just crazy right now. How are you managing technology for a 450 location, 16 country brand, man, that's, you gotta, yeah. you gotta be uh, pretty busy. Not a lot of sleep, huh? Things, things are, are crazy. I think, you know, uh, it kind of goes back to the, the underlying principle that I kind of live by. It's like, you know, you gotta do 20% of the things and get you 80% of the way there. And yeah. I think, you know, the, the leadership team at, at Freshie as well, I think they kind of really believe on doing a few things, really doing them really well. So from a tech standpoint, man, like we're just, focusing on how do you now maximize their digital channels to increase revenue. I think that's kind of the norm now. It's like everyone in the industry is trying to figure out if, you know, before people were like, okay, you know, in restaurant makes up 80% of our, our sales, 90% of our sales. Yeah. We're okay with five, 10% of our sales from digital channels. Right. Nowadays it's like you have to become digital first brands. And one of the things we're doing is, you know, maximizing the third party channels, maximizing our, in, in our own channels, and really finding a way to get the experience right for the customers, right? Make sure there's no, not a lot of friction points. So yeah, so maximize talk, the digital side. Yeah. So talk to us about what are you doing right now to maximize that third party? There's a lot of uh, mixed opinions, shall we say it gently about third party. Um, and so how do you, what, what advice would you have to these restaurant owners, operators? Um, how do you maximize that? Yeah, I, I think before before we can decide if you want to maximize or not, I think the question is really, what is your goal, right? And, and sometimes if you're a small brand and you need, and, and Kelly says cash is king, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I've heard her say it last week. 
So if you, if you are a small brand and you need to maximize sales, that otherwise you're not going to be able to survive. Even if your profitability is low, you have to maximize sales. And that perspective, I think most brands nowadays are have to be on third-party channels. It allows you to uh, bring in money. It allows you to bring in cash flow, allows you to keep your operations going. And, you know, there there's some, uh, some thought out there that is not as profitable. And I think it depends on the economics that each brand has. At the end of the day, though, if you're looking at top-line sales, it's something that you must be investing in because especially when your in-store sales are suffering, right? Now, if you're a brand that really has your own channels that are really powerful, uh, for some, let's say some uh, chains before that might not carry as well in a delivery perspective, then it's more of a question of, do you want to tap into this channel? What kind of incrementality is it going to bring you? And is that incrementality actually incremental or are you going to be selling more stuff somewhere else and actually hindering yourself from profitability perspective, given that your sales are at a high enough point that you're not going to be hurting yourself by not going on these platforms. So I think it really depends on the goal. And I think 80% of the restaurants right now are in a, in a state, you know, unfortunately because of COVID where everybody's kind of suffering. And I think a lot of brands have opted into third party. Yeah. And I think, I think I love that. So the whole concept of going digital first, it's like, yes, but take a step back. And as Stephen Covey talks about, begin with the end in mind, right? Realize what do you want to get out of it? And it's not that, and this is something that we, you know, I, I talk about all the time. It's not that the third party delivery people are the enemies, right? The DSPs exactly. aren't the enemy. It's, it's a channel. And, uh, and I think that as we look at it in terms of an omni-channel approach, um, uh, but I like that digital first concept, yeah. but as we look at the omni-channel approach, it's less scary and it's just a matter of how do we leverage and utilize them, right? Exactly. It's, you know, and, and that's well said, Zach. It's like, they're not the enemies. At the end of the day, they have provided so many brands with a channel that was not there before. It's just like back when social media came out, you know, people were like, yeah, social media is bad. I'm not going to go on social media. Nowadays, it's probably the number one driving um, mechanism for, for ads, right? How you're yeah. selling stuff. It allowed numerous of small entrepreneurs to go online and start selling stuff, which otherwise you wouldn't be able to. Or, you know, like Gary Vee always says, it allows you to now, with the power of the internet, go and build a business that otherwise was not possible because you've cut out the middle mat. Kind oh. of similarly in the third party, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And, and, and um, you know, this whole concept of ghost kitchens, for example, right? There are brands that uh, I, I have a client that I work with, and I, I don't know if they're going public with this yet, so I won't say who it is, but really forward-thinking, progressive brand. And yeah. one of the things that they're doing is every location now is two restaurants. They have their main location and then they've opened up like a little taqueria, right? Yeah. Using the same ingredients, same food, but it's a, it's a sexy brand and it's only digital. There's, you can't walk up, you can't sit, you can't sit in, it's just delivery and that's it. Um, and these ghost kitchens are popping up. And I think like, like you're talking about, when you begin yeah. with the end in mind, you can come up with these ideas. Exactly. You know, I think two great points there. I was, I was actually a funny story telling a joke with my mom because she's a great cook and she's at home. She's like, you know, what can I do in COVID? I'm like, look, ghost kitchens, you are making really great Indian food. Why not just start up a ghost kitchen? Let's start delivering stuff, right? And actually we went down a path on how can we make it happen? And it was actually pretty attainable, which five years ago, you'd have to first get a, get a space, uh -huh. get a bunch of inventory, sign some contracts. And by the time you do all that, your overhead is so high that it takes you six months to break even if everything goes well, right? Yeah. I think this concept allows anyone to really become a business owner. 
Um, and, and I think the, the second point uh, here is that, you know, it's something that you're able to now first visualize and then go and act on much faster than otherwise you would able to, right? And I think the mistake a lot of brands make is they don't have the end in mind, as you said. Like they're looking at what should we deploy? What technology should we deploy? And people just make decisions by following other brands versus saying, if our goal is, you know, increasing EBITDA, for example, what are the top things that's going to get us there? Is one of those things third party? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. And if it is, what's the best way to maximize that in a, in a way that allows us to reach our goal, but not deviate from that goal? So I think as long as you have the top end goal in mind, um, things work out well. It's when you lose sight of what are you actually going towards that things get messy. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And, and especially because... But realizing that if your goal is to increase EBITDA, you may look at a DSP and say, ah, you know, I can't afford to give up 25% margins, yeah. but can you afford to lose the customers that are going to get lost because your brand isn't on a DSP? Isn't on it. Yeah. Right. And so it's a matter of if your goal is to increase EBITDA, then be on a DSP, but have a limited menu it may be different mm -hmm. pricing, you know, do things that make the, that make yeah. it so you're still on there, but you don't have to. Or a different know. brand altogether. I mean, who's stopping yeah. people from saying, look, we're going to be the same location, but we're going to have different storefronts on a third party service. At the end of the day, the income that's coming in is still into the same business, right? So people just got to get a lot more creative and they got to be a lot more open, I think, to the new way of doing business. And so what, what is that new way of doing business in Vera? I mean, like a lot of people are out there saying a lot of things and they're, you know, it's, it's hard to really understand. And as things are opening, closing, closing, opening, sort of opening, you know, like what, what do you recommend these restaurant owners operators do to, to like figure out what, what the new way of doing business is? I've, I've seen so many people, this is going to be, you know, an example I'm going to bring here around uh, social media. I've seen so many people that um, until you're desperate, and this is a great, great thing in football, uh, one of my coaches used to say, he's like, unless you're, tr you're, you're drowning and you're not doing everything you can to make sure that you're not sinking, you're not trying hard enough, right? Mm. It's the same way. I've seen a lot of social media influencers that once COVID hit, it was like some of them just went away. Some of them realized they have a brand. At the end of the day, they can sell any product that they can associate with their brand, right? So these guys still, if let's say somebody was selling uh, direct-to-consumer sneakers because you have a brand, now they're making PPE, for example, because of COVID. It's still generating revenue, still bringing in stuff. So same way, I think restaurant owners or business or chains just need to think a little more creatively instead of just the core product they're selling, which is probably a limited menu that aligns well, let's say, to a pizzeria, for example, right? So I think the, the way I would look at it is if you are a brand, what else can you leverage your current equipment for? What else can you leverage your current uh, real estate for? What type of brand equity do you have that you can start selling or you know, start doing other things that perhaps can bring in revenue that might be short term, but that's gonna allow you to bring in enough cash flow to help you survive. And I think as you kind of do that entire analysis of you know, the equipment that you have, the equity or asset sweat that you can use, the types of goodwill that you build with the brand, I think you're gonna come up with probably six or seven different ideas that's going to allow you to very creatively go and test different markets and something's going to click. And what you see is if somebody actually does it well in two or three years, you're actually going to be making more revenue than you were pre COVID because now you're diversifying yourself by leveraging the brand and the equity you've already built versus, and I read this in a great, great strategy book, a really old called mind of a strategist. 
the number one mistake people make is they get tunnel vision, especially if you're solving a problem inside out. So almost going to take the outside in approach. Yeah, it's almost like the way that I think about it is uh, approaching it as if you are your own consultant, right? Exactly. Like you just hired yourself to be a consultant and, and look at it with a fresh set of eyes. With no biases. No biases, right? I, I remember I was, um, I was on a road trip one time and I had these sunglasses and I kept them in the cup holder. And it was a 36-hour road trip with one of my buddies. And he goes, why do you put your glasses in the cup holder? And mind you, <clears throat> I'd had this car for like seven years. And I said, yeah. well, because I want to keep them in the car, but I don't know where to put them. And he points up and he says, why don't you put them in your sunglass holder? Can you hold that? <laughs> yeah. And he had one of those things, like you push it, the sunglass thing pops down. And I'm just like, this oh, is why you hire consultants. consultants. Like you're so close to it that you can't even see it. And your solution is right there. Um, exactly. But I think, I think that's a great point in how do you repurpose what you already have? Uh, and, yeah. and yeah, if you got to want something, you got to like, want it. It's not a matter of, it's not a matter of, can we do this? It's a matter of, we will do this now. How? How right. exactly. And I think that's that, I mean, I'm, I'm a sports guy, you know, I always bring in like, as long as you have the determination, you'll figure it out. As long as you're able to just keep on going out there and, you know, tr keep trying it, keep, keep, keep a positive mindset. Uh, I think a lot of times something fails people like it's not going to work to give in when they're so close to a breakthrough, unfortunately. Yeah. V Victor Frankel, one of the, the greatest books ever written, Man's Search for Meaning, he said, the man who knows his why to live can bear almost any how. And so I want to ask you about the determination. As an athlete and a technologist, you know, these last, you know, in the restaurant space, these last few months have been crazy. Like, how do you recommend people keep their determination? Yeah. How, how do you keep that stick-to-itiveness? I think, you know, I'll talk about myself and what's helped me, and perhaps we can then kind of divert into different ways that we can leverage for other folks. But like, really, it's about I have a set of principles that I always follow no matter what happens. And one of those principles is I have to make sure that I spend, you know, 30 minutes a week looking at my entire week, reviewing what I did well, what I didn't do well, and kind of grounding myself to it's, it's fine putting a you know, perspective of this, the world is so much bigger, life is so much longer than we think when we might be stuck in some sort of, you know, two to three, three month kind of slump, it kind of puts you in the perspective that things aren't as bad as they might seem in the moment. Cause when you're in the weeds, mm. taking a step up and looking at the entire forest puts a different perspective. The second thing I always do is, you know, again, as you mentioned, my athletic background, I have to make sure I get in a workout, but I, it's, it's so visible. The days I don't exercise, I am sloppy. I cannot think. And I always tell my team, I'm like, guys, Today, I did not work out, so don't make me make any big decisions. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going home quality. and eating pizza. I didn't work out this <laughs> exactly. morning. <laughs> um, you know, I think so, it, you know, like really taking a step step higher. It's like have your anchors on, on a daily, weekly basis. Do what drives you forward and always know that um, you got to have perseverance. And for me, it's always been positive self-talk, right? Like, and sometimes when I feel like nothing's really going my way, it's like, you got to say, you know what, at the end of the day, you're human. You're going to make mistakes. Things are going to go, go bad, but take a step back and just like figure out what didn't work and keep going. And uh, the last thing I'll say is um, this thing that I always keep saying to myself is get your headphones on, block out the noise, right? It's like, it's, it's the same from the, from, from, from the football days. It's like, 
There's a lot of people talking. There's a lot of noise out there. The last thing you want to do is get distracted. Put on the noise cancellation headphones. You know what you got to do. Just get started. I love that. And, and one thing that I'm curious about is your 30-minute uh, se- weekly session. Um, I do something similar, really, really helpful. I also do something similar with my wife on a weekly basis that really helps yep. keep us grounded because, you know, like when you're with someone in a container, it's, I can't think of it like a, like a soda bottle. And every, yeah, every week, you like shake, <laughs> shake, shake. And so if once a week you have like a, yeah. then it prevents the, right? Um, exactly. But anyway, what, what do you do in your, in your weekly session? What's your process? Um, I, I have, if it's not too so personal. Like, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. I, I basically have a simple calendar or, or a chart where I have a personal box, I've got a work box, and I've got an other box. Personal is like my commitments that I need to be doing, which is help, family, et cetera, work. I have, you know, my commitments, my key projects, the stuff I got to work on for next week. Are there is any other things that are working, such as my podcast uh, and, and other, you know, projects that are kind of things that I want to really make sure I'm, I'm doing. And you kind of sit down uh, 30 minutes and I say, okay, what are the things that we did last week? What worked? Let's reprioritize things that we need to do this week. And then what are some of the things that we don't have time for? And then lastly, now, what are some of the things that might need to go and add a bit more uh, oversight to either remove or maybe get some help on? Uh, And then that really becomes my week. And as you do that exercise, you start seeing is all of these things, the most biggest, like the largest question I ask myself at the end of this, this exercise is, are all the things that I'm doing taking me closer to that goal that I have? you know, whatever that goal might be, and which changes every three or five years. Having that perspective to say, all these things that I'm doing, they have to be leading to that goal. I cannot tell you how many times I've del- taken stuff out because at the end of the day, just start doing things for the sake of doing things that don't really add value to your life. So that's how I kind of look at it. Love that. I, I refer to that as scheduling my stress uh, because if, if I know that I have an hour tomorrow to work on something, I don't need to think about it today. Right, like exactly. I, I, I do that because I like deal to with it then. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you'll, you'll deal with it when it comes, right? You exactly. Put it here, you'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. And it, it really does help keep you, uh, keep you grounded, and it helps you know helps to to keep focus. I love that you have removed things because it didn't lead to the right stuff, right? It's like climbing a yeah. ladder that's not leaning against the right wall. It, like. Going up doesn't help you if it's not going the right place, right? We, I mean, the biggest mistake we all make, and I'm so guilty of this, is we start doing too many things because something worked. We're like, let's do this as well. A simple example is like, I lost 80 pounds after football. I was a nose tackle. So I dropped 80 Wait, you pounds. you were a nose tackle? I was a nose oh tackle. Oh my gosh, dude, you look like a wide receiver. <laughs> I know, nobody believes me, man. It's uh, my, my, my <laughs> ring keeps falling off my hand. That's how big my fingers were. Um, so I lost all this weight, like, you know, in seven months after I graduated and what I did then worked for me, but then I'm like, you know what? I want to do some more. So let's, let's try something. Let's add in some CrossFit. Let's add in some TRX workouts. Let's add in some different types of Olympic lifting things. And when I started doing too many things now, it almost started to add more stress and things started to go backwards. So what it, what it taught me was like, keep it simple. If things work and you've got a good process, it's, it's great because you know, 20% of the effort that you're doing is taking 80% of the way there. Don't try to tweak that last 5% and make it as an action item for yourself because it's just going to add stress. 
versus the ROI. And when you start realizing that half of your week is now built up of things that are just adding stress versus ROI, then it's time to take them out. Yeah, I love that. Um, any, any last piece of advice, Tanvir, that you would give? Uh, man, I think, you know, the only advice I'll give is uh, just, just hey, let's hang in there. I think it's a tough time. We're almost through it. Um, and similar to back, you know, what we discussed earlier, Zach, is, is look at things from different angles. Let's get creative, stay persistent, um, keep working hard. And then if you, you know, at the end of the day, it's a different type of problem. And as long as you got a right team under you and you've got the right team around you and you've got the right attitude, nothing's impossible. I love that, man. So here are my key takeaways. Number one, become a digital first brand. I love that. That's just, it, it's, uh, it's been said a lot about websites, right? Mobile first mm -hmm. brand, but this is about a restaurant. Become a digital first. Love that. Uh, two, start with the end in mind. Three, get scrappy. And because there's never been a lower threshold for trying new things and get scrappy and repurposing the things that you already have. You have yeah. numerous successful businesses that are in your possession right now. You just need to rearrange pieces to, to get there. Um, four, I love the idea of that weekly personal strategy to get perspective, to keep focus on what matters. And then I love your advice. Number five, black out the noise, hang in there. There's a lot of a lot of ambient noise going on right now. There's a lot of distracting noise, but stay focused because uh, good, good things are ahead. Uh, Tenvir, man, um, how do people find you, follow you? Oh, man. Um, you know, you can you know, just Tenvir Bangu on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Tenvir.Bangu. And you can search for the Tenvir Bangu Show, the recent podcast I launched where I interview um, athletes and executives, you know, discussing how do you leverage principle from sports to win in business. Um, so it's just tanverbangu.com for all the latest podcasts there. Man, Tanver Bangu. Dude, I, I so much appreciate you coming on uh, for, for bringing that athletic mindset of determination and grit into this podcast. Today's ovation goes to you, man. So thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Zach. It's been a pleasure. Such a nice time uh, talking to you here. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thanks team for listening. Please remember to leave a review, subscribe on YouTube, and sign up for a ton of free content, exercises, coaching, and frameworks at tanvirbengu.com.